we are back here talking about life after the ball stops dribbling spiking all these things and <laughs> if you just haven't if you just been living it under a rock for whatever reason and you don't know what's going on we're hosting a series with Ronica Stone former volleyball player at Oregon and not only does she need to graduate but she just want to know what's going on with life after <laughs> after playing and she's had the opportunity to interview some student athletes and we're going strong. We are having a good time. And Ronica, you just interviewed TJ, and he's he's a fellow duck, you mm-hmm. know, sco ducks. I guess that's that's, what you, ducks. All, that's what you guys say. What was it about TJ that made you feel like he should be a part of this conversation? Yeah, I think TJ, knowing who he is as a person and where he is now, I think he was an amazing guest because he's just starting out. He he always used his resources at the school. It wasn't a student athlete that was just going to be a student athlete and then wanted to use the resources at the end. He was always involved. Um, and at the end of his playing career, he was able to get a job with Pac-12 right away and is working his way up to hopefully be an on-camera talent. Um, but I just thought he was a great guest because he's been doing all of the right things and he's someone that takes initiative early. When you say doing all the right things, I think it's like a lot of people who say, okay, I want to be on air. I want to be on TV. And when the opportunities come and it's not directly tied to that, like I'm not immediately going to be on camera, they may turn their nose at it. Why do you think TJ has been able to embrace his journey so far and why you think it's going to work for him? Yeah, because when he got to Oregon as a freshman, he spoke to Pac-12 people right away and they told him, you know, too young right now come back in four years and he came back in four years and was able to work for them but he's not one that will turn down any opportunity that comes to him like right now he's a broadcast associate and he works with editing cutting making graphics for Pac-12 and all the different sports that they deal with and obviously that's not the job that he wants to do but he knows that it'll take him there and he's also started his own podcast behind the uniform and so not only is he doing everything that works with behind the scenes, but he's also developing his on-camera skills for when that opportunity does come. Do you feel a little inspired having talked to him? It's just like, it was, it made me smile being able to talk to him because we haven't talked in a while. And so being able to see everything that he's doing, um, just put a smile to my face. Cause when I came in, he was a senior, I was a freshman. So it's like, now we're kind of, you know, striving for the same things and, like the start of his podcast and the start of this show, I feel I talked to him. I was like, I feel like we're on the same level right now. Like we might be able to compete and get to the top at the same time. And he was like, once we get there, like, let's have a show. But um, I love talking to him and uh, loved having a fellow duck come along. Oh goodness. What is this something that you maybe didn't expect to hear from the conversation that you're like, Oh, I'm gonna have to save that for later. Like, I didn't expect, you know, for him to have used people at the Pac-12, like at an early time to have talked to them because, you know, at Oregon, we're really good or we're good at a lot of sports. And so Pac-12 was always there. And I don't think a lot of student athletes realize that you can talk to those people if that's what you want to do. Like they're there and they're not going to run away from you because 
they bite or anything like they're they're willing to speak to you and so um when I heard that I was like okay and I went on LinkedIn and I talked to another alumni and he was gonna get in con- get me in contact with someone from Pac-12 and it's just like you have resources right in front of you that you can use all the time and I think um TJ is a good example of that you you've had some time with the Pac-12 network you know I'm showing love to Pac-12 as an SEC baby myself you know <laughs> I, I do have to give props to the Pac-12 because they've allowed you to kind of work on your chops as well. Knowing what you know from TJ's experience and from your experience, how do you think that it kind of changes your career trajectory? Um, well, I, I think with Pac-12 giving me the opportunity that they did, um, being able to get my foot in the door, door early and them knowing what I can do behind the mic and knowing my personality um, could give me a little more of an advantage than someone just starting out. But, you know, that's just using my resources and using the opportunities that I get. Um, but I think I'm extremely blessed to have been still playing and still being a student athlete and having the opportunity to sideline for a game. I don't think a lot of people can say that. Um, so Pac-12 has done a great job trying to help like the the new crop of sports broadcasters come in. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. I think a lot of people will be surprised by what TJ has had to experience along his journey and just his positive outlook on it and taking every opportunity with stride. Like, no, this isn't immediately what I want to do, like that microwave type thing. Um, But it's like a slow cooking oven. It's a crock pot. And he's... (laughs) <laughs> He's putting all the ingredients in there to make a tasty, tasty, tasty dish. And I, I'm, I look forward to taking a bite out of it for sure. That was a great analogy, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to have to put it on the shirt. So make sure you enjoy the rest of this conversation with TJ and continue to listen to Ronica as she not only satisfies her requirement to graduate, but as she continues to learn more about what life is as, and I quote you, as an adult. Ooh. It's okay, girl. You're going to be okay. Adult. A young adult. You'll be fine. You'll make it through. We got you. We got you. Started. Hello, TJ. What's up? I like those, uh, I like those fun facts. Those are pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a pretty nice day outside, so I'm always happy when the sun's out. It's it's help, definitely helpful, that's for sure. Yeah. For people that don't know, TJ and I have known each other. He was there on my unofficial visit. So when I was a junior <laughs> in high school, like 17, TJ knew who I was, and he's seen like probably every side of me. So this is a, definitely a, a switch. <laughs> I've seen the maturation of Veronica Stone, that is for yeah. sure. I was, I was actually thinking about your uh, your official visit not too long ago because when we were talking about doing this, because I was like, I'm pretty sure, because it was for volleyball, but I'm pretty sure you spent more time with the I track did. people than the volleyball on your visit. I, I did. I was in Toronto. <laughs> I was like, you guys eat a lot of food. <laughs> the Heck yeah, we do. It. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, let's get this started. So... TJ was a part of an Oregon track and field team that has won so far. Probably this season hasn't ended. They're probably on their 14th, but 13 consecutive Pac-12 championships. And in your time there, two national championships, which is insane. You're a member of the SAC, you're a member of SAC, which if people don't know what that is, it's a student athlete 
advisory committee. There we go. And also a co-director of O-Heroes, which is the University of Oregon's outreach, community outreach program. So that's a little recap on who we have right now. <laughs> but you not only went to a well-renowned school in Oregon, you also went to high school at De La Salle, which is crazy in their athletic <laughs> program. Like the only school I really know that has a foot, like a movie about them. So you played in part in two teams that were very successful. But what was it that, what was the time like that you decided, you know, sports isn't going to last forever. And I have to start thinking about life after sports. You know, that's a great question. I was, that kind of thought came in partway through my college career because um, I mean, like, obviously, when you're going, when you're entering college, the goal is to then go to the pros in whatever sport you, in whatever sport you choose. Um, and people, so a lot of Olympians get tattoo, get a tattoo of the rings. And so I always said, I don't, I'm not a really big tattoo guy, but I always said if I would get a tattoo, it would be if I made the Olympics and got the rings. And so, <laughs> part way through, uh, part way through my career, I kind of realized, like, you know, like. I'm not, I'm not a bad thrower. Like I'm fine. I'm doing good. But like, I'm six two at the, the, I think the biggest I got was like two forty, and like the Olympic throwers are like height wise might be there, but they're all like at least three bills. Like they're, they're yeah. big boys. <laughs> uh, and I just, I just, the physical gifts, I guess, just weren't quite there. And I was like, you know, like this has been fun. Like I'm going to keep getting the most I can out of my abilities here at school, but like I need to look at, what I want to do elsewhere. And in high school, I knew I kind of wanted to go into sports broadcasting because I love sports. Like it's been a huge part of my life and I like to talk and ask questions, which you're not surprised at at all. Um, and so I was like, I feel like that'd be a really good fit. And so that was kind of when I realized like to start focusing on things I want to do elsewhere and part where in Oregon did a really good job of giving us uh tools to kind of figure out what we want to do afterwards and talk to people and network and re and try to like make that path for us. So that was kind mm -hmm. of how that came about. So a little bit more on that using the tools and the path that Oregon helped and a lot of other schools can help. What specifically did Oregon do for you that helped you make it to the next level? They did a lot of things. I mean, the, the student athlete development program there was top notch, like one of the best in the country for sure. And there was just the way they talked to you. They didn't talk to you like you were just a student or just an athlete. Like mm -hmm. they're and try to like baby you along. They were, they made you make decisions, but they gave you the tools to make those decisions. They gave you, we had, um, they, they changed the name of it. I don't remember what the name, it was called senior success, senior success at one point. I don't know if it's still called that. Um, <laughs> but, and so that you would, you had different like workshops on resume building on, uh, how to dress professionally on dining mm -hmm. etiquette, which was my favorite, of course. Um, I never went, <laughs> you never, you never went to dining etiquette. I was like, uh, no way. It was a free meal. Like, how are you not going to go to dining etiquette? <laughs> you uh, um, no, but, and so they kind of, they set you up that way. And then there was a mentorship program that you could, that you could use. And uh, my mentor, Barbara Blangiardi works for Fox sports. And so she kind of really gave me a great uh, path and kind of helped me figure out what I wanted to do, like how to get there. 
um, connect, would try to connect me with people who would answer any of my questions and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, so you did a lot outside. <laughs> and so I think that's something that not a lot of people think about doing is reaching out um, and thinking about the future. Because, you know, as athletes, when we do get there, it's like, I'm going to be a pro. Like, I, I hope I'm going to be a pro at least. And, like, that's our goal. And that's always what has come first. Mm-hmm. It's always a joke that people say student athlete. And then it's like, no, athlete, student type of thing. But what advice would you give for athletes that are, you know, trying to continue to do as well as they can in their sport, but still do the same in their degree in whatever future that they want to get to? I mean, First and foremost, I'd say, like, I mean, keep, ch- keep chasing your dreams, keep chasing your goals that you want to be doing, but also think about putting in just as much work in everything outside of your sport that, as you do inside your sport. And I know that's hard because, and I fell victim to this when I was a student athlete of sitting there being like, man, I don't have time to do this. Like, because mm-hmm. you like, you wake up at 5 a.m. and go to lift the weights, and then you go grab some food, you're off to class go to practice and all of a sudden it's 9 p.m. and you're like oh well I got to get some homework done before I get a few hours of sleep yeah um so it's hard to try to balance that time but it really benefits you in the long run to try to balance that time and to find what you're passionate about outside of your sport and use that passion that you have in your sport to do that kind of that same kind of stuff outside your sport and really figure out where you want to go because regardless of if you go pro or not, if you go to NFL, NBA, wherever, even if you have a 20 year career, like you're still going to be 40, 45 by the time you're done. Like you still have a lot of life to live and Mm -hmm. a lot of things that you're going to want to get done. So you're going to want to think about what you want those things to be. Yeah. And right now, 2020 has been a wild year. Um, (laughs) I don't think anybody expected this, but the sports world is the world is shut down so that means the sports world is shut down and there's uncertainty for when everything will go back to normal but with that being said like what does your professional look professional life look like right now uh, my professional life is a whole lot of working on the podcast mm-hmm. um and just trying to trying to stay busy i mean a lot of uh myself and a lot of people in the sports industry like i'm technically unemployed right now just because there is no sports so yeah. there's nothing to do in the sports world. Um, now with people like, I mean, there's plenty of stuff like with like ESPN and then being able to generate content, which is awesome. And I think it definitely helps the public. But um, personally, I mean, I'm just kind of looking for what the next step is for me or for myself. Like when you're saying uh, what advice to give to people to looking at the next steps, I mean, I'm trying to take that same advice and trying mm-hmm. to, uh, I'm just applying to jobs and applying to places that I think will help me uh, get to what the goals that I have and the and the career aspirations that I want to get to in life. So for me, it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of uh, filling my time with trying to learn new new things. Uh, I'm trying to learn guitar, so we'll see how oh, that cool. goes. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, it's it's a lot of that. And I mean, I think that's a lot of people in the sports and the entertainment industry right now because there is no sports and a lot in uh, like all the broadcasting and stuff that generates revenue to be able to pay people. So if they can't yeah. pay people, then a lot of people are going to be out of jobs. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's just kind of, kind of that and just kind of waiting and just really staying positive, I think. 
That's true. It's, it's like all you can do right now in a time Absolutely. like this. Like, when is this going to be over? <laughs> but you did, you graduated in June 2017. And then in July of 2017, you started working for the Pac-12, which I mean, people talk about the job search and like, how are they going to find it? How are they going to enter the real world? And it seems like you got that pretty quick. You know, one of the lucky ones. How were you able to attain that job so quickly? You know, it was... I'll, it's, it, I'll, I'll make a long story shorter, but freshman okay. year at Oregon, uh, one of like the introduction classes for student athletes, well, it's not just for student athletes, but all student athletes take it. It's kind of like an intro introducing you to um, kind of college life and everything like mm -hmm. that. And so one, and, uh, our professor, Katie Harbert, really harped on like that summer trying to find internships, trying to find jobs. And so that was the only summer I actually went home back to California. Um, and that's where the Pac-12 networks were. And so I walked in there with like a tiny little resume of being like a camp counselor, basically, and being <laughs> like, hey, like, this is who I am. Do you guys have any internships I could apply for? And they were like, well, no, but uh, we do have stuff for seniors, like after you graduate. So come back in four or five years and we can see what we can do. And so that was kind of what I set my sights on for mm -hmm. postgraduate was, I, I really want to work at the Pac-12 Networks and see what that's about. And so I applied for that internship and they actually decided that I got a call and they were like, you know, we think this role would be better for you. Um, and it was like a broadcast associate. So doing a lot of editing and mm -hmm. graphics and kind of really learning the industry, which I thought was really awesome. Um, and so I got, I don't even remember when I got that call, but I got it a few months before graduation i was like this is a nice feeling to not yeah. have to like stress uh <laughs> mm -hmm. where where i'm gonna go and so that yeah then they we ended up starting in july so ended uh ended graduated up at oregon and then just kind of went there so it was it was definitely nice and it was a, it was a quick turnaround but i was very very happy for that yeah and you started your podcast where you have i feel like every single one of your guests they are olympians <laughs> and it's like you said, like Olympic caliber athletes, I'm like, they are really, literally all of them are. <laughs> and I think that's a really cool way for you to continue to um, talk to athletes, continue to stay involved. And, but for people that are just starting out, I think we're both like kind of in the beginning of state, beginning stages of our like mm -hmm. journalistic career. Like you want to be an on-air talent. Mm -hmm. Likewise, how do you think like starting that podcast and um, getting involved with the Pac-12 as a broadcast associate has better prepared you for hopefully being an on-air talent in the future? I think multiple ways. I think for the podcast wise, um, it just kind of, it really helps me kind of hone my skills, uh, questions I want to ask, how to ask questions, uh, staying, in com staying comfortable in front of the camera. Because I think like everyone was always like, oh yeah, it'd be fun to like be on camera. But then you don't realize like when you're on camera, you're, it's kind of like, oh, like I have, mm -hmm. I have a job to do. Like this isn't just all fun and games. So yeah. getting used to that. Um, and also for the podcast wise, like just experience because a, a lot of things I, I'll hear is, you know, you just, we just need you to have more experience. And so if people aren't going to like employ you to give you experience, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to create my own. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of where that came along. And then at the Pac-12 wise, um, so I like, while, I never actually like got on air there. Mm. Um, I was able to do a lot of kind of like practice stuff on like behind the scenes on certain days and still got stuff for like a reel, which was really helpful. But I think the biggest thing for me was 
just having conversations with the on-air talent that was there with Mike Yam, Ashley Adamson, Kate Scott, uh, and our producers like, like Adam Stanko, Colleen Farrell, and just hearing them, like they would watch me sometimes and they would, yeah. and they would kind of critique me and they would give me feedback. And Adam was a really good, Adam uh, Stanko actually has his own podcast as well. And so he's really good at interviewing and he would be like, all right, so he, it was almost like a coach. It was cool. Yeah. Cause he would, he would like <laughs> sit down, like break down film with me. He'd be like, all right, like, why did you ask this question? Like, how could you ask this better? And like, given I was, I was like starting to think. And so now like I start, every time I'm like thinking of questions, I like, I'm thinking of those conversations. And I think I might not have gotten that kind of stuff elsewhere because it just, it, it would have been different people, whether that's good or bad. Like, I don't know yet, like time yeah. will tell. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that was really helpful in the long run and just learning how television runs, learning how quick pace it is and seeing the turnaround because some of the turnarounds in there are un like seconds. Like I would, yeah. I would cut a, <laughs> cut a video and it would all of a sudden be up on the screen. I was like, Oh, good thing I got that in like that kind of stuff. So it was, I think that was, it was definitely uh, helpful in the long run for, for that fact for sure. Yeah. I got to sit in in the ESPN, like, produce it their truck and seeing everything that goes on behind the scenes I was like this is insane this is never what I thought it was yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of madness it is but Jawan had a question earlier in the chat he said what's the biggest adjustment from athlete life to adulthood hmm. biggest adjust I think honestly for me I think the biggest thing was figuring out because like, so I'm as you are as well very competitive people Mm -hmm. and I was able to kind of find a way to put that energy into something with track and field and not having that thing to stay competitive in, like trying to figure out how to put that into my work and how to kind of like still use that. Like, I mean, it got to the point where like, I was racing people downstairs going off of the, off the boat <laughs> train and like, they had no idea we were racing, but like, I was like just trying yeah, to like, I won quick. though. Yeah, and then like I would get down, like do a little fist pump and like just keep walking and pretend nothing happened. Um and so I think that was that was probably one of the biggest adjustments was just trying to figure out how to um like kind of stay get keep that competitive drive going and how to adjust into your life isn't as regimented anymore. Like you don't mm -hmm. like you have you don't have time, but you also have time to like do yeah. things. And it's like how do I adjust to this when like my life was like somewhat like kind of laid out for me in mm -hmm. the, in the, in, in college. So that, I think that was probably the biggest adjustment, but it was, it's, and I'm still figuring it out, but it's, it's a fun thing to kind of figure out. Yeah. We have another one from Juwan. What's the biggest failure you had and what did you learn for it? And I'm going to kind of switch it around for like, what did you learn from it? But also what advice could you give to current student-athletes, hopefully, if mm -hmm. failure comes from there, um, into how you can learn from it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of switching it to advice for that. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> biggest, I don't really know. I, like, never I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, exactly, never failed, like, just succeeded 100%. No, like, I don't know, I don't know if I necessarily consider, I mean, like, technically, yes, there were, there were failures, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't, necessarily throw as far as I wanted in college or I didn't make it to an Olympic level or stuff like that. But like, I wouldn't necessarily consider those failures. And I guess that's part of maybe what even what the advice is, is just thinking it like training your mind to be like, all right, like this didn't work. 
how am I going to switch this to make something work, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I guess kind of those would, those would be the failures of just like, maybe you don't reach that goal that you're going for. Um, but then using that experience to a reach a different goal, but, and also kind of training your mind to be like, all right, well, that didn't happen. But like, why didn't that happen? Like, yeah. and what, what did I benefit from this? Like my freshman year, um, I broke my foot and like I was, and I saw it was right at the beginning of the season. So I was freshman year, like ready to start my first college track season. I think I threw in one meet and then I broke my foot at practice. And then, and the trainer, like I went to take x-rays and he was like, he was like, yeah, you're done. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, mm -hmm. no, like your season's done. And so like, for me, like that was devastating at that time. And then I, and that was what led me to my fifth year up at Oregon. And so many great things happened my fifth year. And so like thinking back and being like, you know, that wasn't like that big of a deal. Like that, that not competing my first year wasn't like a failure. That was mm -hmm. just it just led to something else. So just trying to like keep things in perspective, I guess would be the biggest thing. And we're going to finish off with our last question from Ariel, which I love this question. And Ariel was a former guest. If you want to check out her episode, go on the YouTube. But what is the best advice you've received in your professional career? Best advice I've received in my professional, that's a really good question. Um, there's been a lot of advice. Cause like I said, I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think it would be just kind of, I think, I don't know if it'd be advice as much as it's like people asking questions to make me think. They'd be like, well, what do you want out of this? Like, mm -hmm. why are you doing what you're doing? Like, have a reason for things. Like, don't just, don't just ask questions to ask questions. Don't just answer things to answer things. Like, have reasons for something and know what you want and go after it. Like, don't stop and even if you have to take kind of a side route or you don't get to where you want at first, but you're taking steps towards it, like do that, like know what you want and try and work to get there. Um, and you just, and not, not to like be discouraged about it. That's amazing. <laughs> TJ, we reached the time. Thank you so much for joining and being a guest. I've enjoyed our conversation. I feel like I haven't talked to you forever. So this is really nice to kind Absolutely. of catch up, switching roles, you being the, interviewee <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and we'll talk soon <laughs> of course well thank you for having me i appreciate it of course bye bye